0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cultivative Conversation podcast. I'm looking forward to this conversation because it is near to me both personally and professionally, and I hope that my vulnerability is helpful in some way to someone listening. At the start of a new year, it is a common experience for us to set goals and intentions and to create visions for the year with hopes that the next 12 months will be better than the last. For a lot of people, the desire to experience different leads them to exploring therapy. The idea for this episode was initially born out of my challenging experience of searching for and finding a therapist of my own. My goals for this conversation are to normalize the frustrations of finding the right fit in a therapist, to provide some tips to help guide your search, and to motivate you to embrace the complexities of relationship building especially as nuanced in the dynamics of the service and relationship-based client-therapist relationship. I have been in and out of therapy since my sophomore year in college, and it has been a less than comfortable experience. My first therapist was assigned to me by my university's counseling center, and he was a youngish white male, and he was also a student completing his practicum, or an internship what made this relationship challenging is that I never felt connected or like he understood my experiences. He shared nothing about himself. He never commented on what I shared with him. I did all of the talking and there was no guided continuation between sessions. At the time, I thought that that was what therapy was and it wasn't until I became a student therapist myself that I realized that his therapeutic style just wasn't compatible with what I needed. Because the last therapeutic relationship lacked connection, working with someone who looked like me and who hopefully shared in my experiences became a priority. So my second time around, I searched for a black female identifying therapist and I found one. She was older and soon after initiating services, I learned that she was also religious. And that's where things took a downturn. Like most therapists during my intake, she asked about my religious beliefs and affiliations. I informed her that I was not religious and that religion was not a source of coping for me. And I even explained to her why. And admitting this was very difficult for me at the time, but I knew that to get the help I needed, I had to be honest about my experiences. Despite having this conversation, this therapist often encouraged me to attend church and she insisted that becoming the member of a church was what I needed to build community and thus to feel better. I stopped seeing her after the third session. From that experience, I learned that while having a therapist who looks like me is helpful, there are other things I need for that relationship to be effective. A few years went by before I felt comfortable with trying again and in 2020, I decided to go for round three. Thankfully, the third time was a charm. Um, After a year of searching and contemplating, I connected with a therapist, and after the first couple sessions, I knew that I found what I had been looking for. She was a Black woman, older, connected to Caribbean culture, which was important to what I was going into therapy with at the time, and she spoke with me, not at me. We worked together for a year before I made the decision to end the relationship, which was in August of this year. I made this decision because I recognized that my needs had changed, gave for progress, and while she was still a great therapist, I no longer believed that she was the best fit for what I needed moving forward. My experience with my last therapist motivated me to hit the ground running with finding my next therapist and to not allow too much time to go by before picking up again with a new therapist. Three months later, Today, I am happy to report that I have an appointment scheduled with a new therapist that I feel really good about. Now, this did not happen without struggle. (laughs) Let me explain. I began searching for a new therapist about two weeks before ending my relationship with my last therapist. I searched and searched for weeks, thought I found the one, but moved on after three weeks of trying to get an appointment. Then I had an initial appointment with another therapist and decided not to move forward because it was clear very early on that they weren't going to be the best fit. Two weeks later, I reached out to the person that I'm scheduled to see next and had a consultation. And that consultation left me feeling really optimistic about moving forward with them. One of my goals in private practice is to contribute to making therapy accessible and affordable. Becoming a member of the Open Path Collective Network has allowed me to expand my client base and to offer an affordable sliding scale of $30 to $60 per session to clients who cannot afford market rates of $100 to $250 per hour. If you are a licensed clinician who would like to join the Open Path Collective Network, use the link in the show notes to sign up and let Open Path know that I sent you. As I began brainstorming for this episode, I thought that sharing my own personal experience with finding a therapist was important to helping me communicate my understanding of how hard this process can be, even as a therapist. I remember having a conversation with someone where we talked about finding a therapist being like finding the right dress. You walk into the store and there are racks and racks of beautiful dresses, and you're likely going to have to try some on before you find the one but when you find it, you know it. I see ending therapeutic relationships like I did with my last therapist in a similar way. She was the one for what I needed at the time, just as a dress can be perfect for one occasion and not for another. Relationships change for many reasons and it is important to me to normalize ending relationships that no longer serve us in the healthiest and or the most effective ways including the ones that we have with our therapist. Whether you're looking to start a relationship with a therapist for the first time, or if you're looking for one who can better support you where you are now, I hope that the following tips assist you with maintaining motivation and hope with searching until you find your one. My first tip is to ask for recommendations from people that you trust. There is no guarantee that what worked for them will work for you, However, it can often be helpful to get insight from someone that you know and who knows you. My next tip is to take some time to identify your preferences. Your preferences can include one or more of the following, race, ethnicity, gender identity, and or expression of your therapist, in-person or virtual services, time of day for sessions, type of therapeutic intervention, and whether or not you are open to homework. My third tip is to engage in a consultation call. One of the things that has stuck out to me during my most recent search is that not all therapists offer consultations prior to scheduling. Free consultations are standard in my practice and for others, but they are not for every practice and realizing this was a bit surprising for me. I find consultations to be important for potential clients because they provide opportunity for them to gather information that allows them to assess if a provider would be a good fit. They also help therapists assess if their skills and expertise would be a good fit for the potential client's needs. I encourage and provide consultations because I believe that rapport begins at first contact and starting the rapport building process prior to meeting for a session I find often supports my clients feeling comfortable coming into their first session. My fourth tip piggybacks off of the third, ask questions. Your therapist is someone that you will be paying to provide you with service. Therapy is not a one size fits all and all therapists do not provide services in the same way. I encourage advocating for yourself by asking questions that support your active participation in your services. Having an idea of your preferences can be helpful with this. Some examples of questions that may be helpful include What kind of therapist are you? What type of therapy do you provide? What issues do you specialize in? And do you offer a sliding scale for people who cannot afford your full rate? Which brings me to my fifth tip. Know what you can afford. Therapy can be very expensive and challenges with finding the right fit can make the cost feel heavier. I encourage you to become aware of and honest about what you can afford to pay. If you have insurance, I suggest first looking through your insurance provider's list of in-network providers and confirming what your copay would be. Now, while many providers will accept and bill your insurance, not all therapists do. I encourage confirming the cost of services and the potential for fee increase before scheduling your first appointment. I run a private pay pra- practice and I have many clients that have decided that working with me specifically was more important to them than using their insurance. I've also had clients assess that their co would be just a few dollars more with an in-network provider than my private pay rate. And thankfully, all of those clients were able to afford the out-of-pocket cost But the reality is not everyone will and not everyone can. There are networks like Open Path Collective, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, that is comprised of therapists that have agreed to offer sliding scale prices of no more than $60 for individual sessions. The Loveland Foundation is another great resource that maintains a therapy fund to support access to therapy for Black women and girls. I will be sure to include their information in the show notes. Another note on cost. Therapy costs money, but it also costs time. Many providers assess late cancellation and no-show fees that can be financially detrimental to clients that are not consistent with participating in services. Many also have policies that support discharging clients after a certain number of no-shows and or canceled appointments. These situations result in a financial cost, but also the cost of time given to developing a relationship that has now ended. And we've talked about how hard finding someone to initiate a relationship with in the first place can be. So in short, I encourage being sure that you can dedicate the time needed to actively engage in the service to avoid costs that can become financially and emotionally overwhelming. My sixth and last tip is to have some idea of what you were looking to accomplish in therapy. In my experience, clients that are aware of their what are more effective in their process than clients who expect the therapist to decide for them. Knowing your what reflects the level of awareness that is essential to the process of change, and it also often presents as a source of motivation and as a strength to engage in the identified how. Now, I do not believe that this is a requirement for therapy to be effective, but in my experience, it has absolutely been very helpful. I will continue to update my list of tips with plans to share them in another episode, so please feel free to use the contact information in the show's notes to share any thoughts, questions, or tips of your own. I enjoyed this conversation and hope that you have also, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me for this Cultivative Conversation. If you have not already, please subscribe to the Cultivative Conversation podcast and share this episode with a friend.